Hello, I'm Wade Shepard from VagabondJourney.com, and welcome to our first World Culture and Travel podcast. Our guest today is Andy Graham from HoboTraveler.com, who was in Cote d'Ivoire last year and experienced uh, many of the events leading, that led up to the, the Second Ivorian Civil War. And Andy's going to go in and talk to us today a little bit about what the situation was like on the ground and his future prospects uh, for the country. Basically, I'm, I'm just interested in... Um, the transition in Ivory Coast since uh, before the Civil War and then to after. And I'm just kind of wondering, um, kind of like an on-the-ground perspective of, of what happened. I mean, from your blog post, it seems like Ivory Coast was, was a pretty much a, a peaceful place with half the population's Christian and half Muslim, and people seem to have gotten along pretty well, and then the election happened and it was contested, and then it all pretty much just went up in smoke pretty quick. And I'm just wondering, um, um, from being on the ground there and having having friends and, and a girlfriend from from the country, um, what happened? I mean, what was, what was that like? Well, what happened was the Bagbo guy that uh, was president, mm-hmm. he, he delayed an election for a long time and, you know, worked with the United Nations to have it monitored and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then... I think what he thought is he had it rigged. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then when he, when he actually got through, it was, you know, neck and neck, maybe tied, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to say which is, who is correct, but, you know, mm-hmm. from my perspective, Cote d'Ivoire is a country right now being infiltrated by Burkina Faso, Senegal, Mali, from Islamic missionaries. So the mm-hmm. Islamic missionaries are coming in there. Okay, so what happens is, is the number of Islamic people is moving down into West Africa and the Christians are trying to look at it as uh, we can live together and the Islamics want to get it under Sharia law, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the thing was fine, but what happened at the transition is when he wouldn't leave office which, you know, Africa is really only uses democracy and words like this for, uh, they use them only if it can benefit them, if, it, mm-hmm. if they can maneuver those words, it's like freedom of the press, okay, mm-hmm. they're going to use that only if it helps, if, if mm-hmm. it doesn't help them, they don't care anything about freedom of the press, mm-hmm. but I mean, basically, it's like the liberals in the United States, they basically can get the... Uh, they can make sure that they can get a job because you got a higher minority, right? Mm-hmm. So it helps them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's an advantage if all the minorities, uh, like a corporation is forced to hire 25% minorities because mm-hmm. all these minorities get jobs. So mm-hmm. they, it's like not really business. It's really about making sure that things. So basically the, u- the using of the, the rules in and out. So what happened when Black both didn't work, he basically thought he could take over the country by being just a dictator. Okay. And because the United Nations, you know, there's this always perceived thing that uh, by the African nations that 
they can do anything they want, uh-huh. which is, and that somehow they're not part of the world. And, mm-hmm. like, they really, Bagbo failed just because he couldn't believe that he could actually, he, mm-hmm. he actually thought he could hold off the whole world. Okay. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's kind of crazy, fighting the United States. Or fighting, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, right now, um, the Islamic world has used this equality of religion against mm-hmm. the Christians. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ola Tata, that was what, what, what was his name? The the Islamic presidential candidate that that actually uh, won the election. Alassane Quattro. Okay. But what he did is he got all these liberals on his side because he was saying blah 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 blah. Okay. And, re- and really, it was just more or less a maneuver by him. Mm-hmm to take over and make it into an Islamic country. Mm-hmm. It's really, the whole war was just a Christian Islamic war. Okay. Okay, it was, you know, under the guise that it was just an election, but really, mm-hmm. uh, this is what really was scary for Ba is that the, the minute that they captured Bagbo, mm-hmm. um, the Islamic people were dancing in the street. Okay. While they were all hiding in their things, they were killed, right? Mm-hmm. And they have came and the Islamics now have just came in and taken all the land of a lot of the Christians. Okay. So, in, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be this Christian flight, you know, they're maybe mm-hmm. going to go to other countries and stuff okay. or, or convert. So, what what they did, though, is see is they hid behind this idea that it's, I'm a just person, I don't care if you're Christian or mm-hmm. thing, and they pretended like they don't care, but they really care. Okay. And then the Christians all went along like, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't care. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, that, you know, basically when one side's working it from the angle that we really do care, but we're lying, and the other side is basically looking at it like we're telling the truth. But mm-hmm. So they used the international press mm-hmm. against Bagbo. Okay. Okay, so they maneuvered all the mm-hmm. liberal idiots and the politically correct people in the mm-hmm. world against Bagbo. So I, I'm not sure, technically, I'm not sure what what the situation is mm-hmm. the best for the country. I, mm-hmm. I think they should have, United, you know, of course you had United Nations mm-hmm. watching the election to be fair. Mm-hmm. And it breaks out in war. How does it break out in war when there's a whole military force in the country to make sure everything goes good, right? Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. did because they basically do nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what was it like in Ivory Coast uh, before the elections? Um, what, what were the relations like between the Christians and Muslims, and were they separated, or was everybody kind of getting along all together, or were there always like underlying like religious tensions? Well, I think I would say they get along as as much as the Brits get along with the Islamics there. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, but, you know, the the thing is, is on this type of religious situation, the Islamics can come into the Christians, but we can't go inside the Islamic, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. you, know, you know, it's not a two-way street, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that was always the thing, but, uh, you know, Islam's growing, Islam grows in good places where there's low education and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, poverty, because it, it sort of appeals on a I'm a, I'm a part of a club thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um. And how how did this situation become um a war between people and not just a war between like uh, political entities? Like um, how did the 
the and and FNCI, um, well, basically militia, start attacking Christian citizens? Well, it really didn't turn into a, the kind of war that you think. I mean, really, mm -hmm. this was more or less uh, turned into a huge riot mm -hmm. in the whole country. The reason why I left suddenly was uh, an actual war would be one side against the other, right? Mm -hmm. This is uh, this was basically anybody that wanted to set up a roadblock and and take money mm -hmm. from somebody could. Okay, Bob's uncle was killed. Mm -hmm. Now he was a Christian going to a neighborhood. They didn't know whether he was Christian or Islamic when he drove his car through. He just came through, right? And mm -hmm. so he did something wrong, and they killed him. Okay, and, and so was, was this a neighborhood he's been to before, or was this? Yeah, he was okay. just driving to Abidjan, and uh -huh. he was. But he went to an area where. But what was happening is, is that five boys would get together, put up a roadblock on the street, and demand, you know, five dollars mm -hmm. to get through, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the police were so afraid that they all went, you know, the free, the police went and hid, mm -hmm. and then anybody that wanted to set up a roadblock and extort money could. So okay. all the bullies came out of the, you know, out mm -hmm. of the woodwork because there was no police. Okay. And Alassane wanted this to happen, mm -hmm. okay, because he wanted uh, the bad bull forces to go hide, and he mm -hmm. got it done. Okay, so this, this wasn't necessarily a war between the Christian population and the Muslim, but a war, I mean, basically um, opportunists just uh, saw an advantage to make money and exploit, exploit the population in, in general? Yeah, if, if you have a riot, you mm -hmm. know, people go rob from anybody that can. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's, you know, so basically this was kind of like a, a countrywide riot. And mm -hmm. The, the African people, for the most part, are very, very passive. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy for the bully ones to just take over for a short period of time mm -hmm. and run the country. And mm -hmm. the business that, the, the thing that was really happening day in, day out was not, it wasn't that you were going to get killed. It was really that when they set up 10 roadblocks to go from one place to the other place, if you did one thing wrong at the roadblock, yeah, you might get killed, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe the Christians would set up one roadblock, the Muslims would set up another roadblock, or just, you know, three friends would set up a roadblock, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, when I came from the border, when I came from Grand Bassam to Abidjan to leave on the airport, mm -hmm. we passed through, I don't know, maybe eight different roadblocks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't, you have no idea which side of the war they're on, right? Because mm -hmm. just like the boys with clubs, right? Yeah, yeah. And did, did you have to pay money at each roadblock? Or? Yeah, and that was the problem for the taxi driver. The taxi driver couldn't drive because he wasn't sure how much his bags were going to have to be, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our way of getting around it, we left at 6 in the morning before all the guys got up in the morning to go put the roadblock on. Mm -hmm. But, so we only passed through two, and, you know, the guy pretty much knew it, but yeah. It, it was really just when when all all form of government shut down and mm -hmm. the bad people decided that they would set up roadblocks. Right? Okay. You see roadblocks as you enter mm -hmm. a city or roadblocks as you leave a city. Yeah. So instead of that, they had one everywhere you could go. Mm -hmm. Now the good part, which is what the the world doesn't seem to get in their brain, is Africans don't have guns. Okay, mm -hmm. so you really don't have these guns. Like, here I am in Dominican Republic, and every guard in the streets got a 
you know, sawed off shotgun, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody in Africa's got guns except the military. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like any of these boys had guns. Mm -hmm. just, they can't kill you, but, you know, it's not as easy to kill you when it's just... Mm -hmm. like, yeah. you know, so it wasn't quite as dangerous that way. Yeah, but yeah. How, how was Ba's uncle killed? Well, I think they just beat him to death. Okay. You know, they banged his windows out and beat him to death. And probably mm -hmm. It wasn't exactly clear because, see, he went into a riot, mm -hmm. and he never really came out for two weeks. Okay. You know, his body. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And, you know, he, she mm -hmm. was out of the country when mm -hmm. he came out. They buried him 60 days later. Mm -hmm. okay. I, don't, I don't really know. And she, yeah. I don't think she knew. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. But, you know, if you if you drive into a riot. But mm -hmm. the other thing that was politically that was happening is Bagbo was going and killing all his opponents. And mm -hmm. Alessandro was going and killing all his opponents. Mm -hmm. So they were doing all these extrajudicial killings all the time. So. Mm -hmm. That was going on in the middle of the right. They would come through with, you know, that. They would really come through with, like, a jeep with mm -hmm. a big machine gun, 55 caliber machine gun, and mm -hmm. just drive to the area and yeah. kill off people they wanted to kill, okay. right? Yeah, so so basically they're using a, a political situation. Everyone's using this, the political situation to basically serve their own ends. And, and yeah, everybody <laughs> became selfish and started mm -hmm. stealing from everybody, just like they do in a riot in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Detroit, they, they're mad at the whites to get... They go in a riot. What do they use? They destroy all the black businesses. Mm -hmm. Businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. So, same thing here. They were sitting there destroying their own businesses, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But, you know, it's when 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 a person knows that they're not going to be punished by the law, they go break into something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and could you could you explain a little bit about um Ba's family and and their their background a little bit and um your involvement with them and. Just, just basically a, a little bit of the background of, of their situation. Well, Ma's from the Alipe tribe, mm -hmm. which is not really a tribe tribe. It's just more or less a region in the area mm -hmm. where, you know, they have a specific language. Mm -hmm. There's these little regional languages that are like maybe, you know, 100 kilometer diameter. There's one language. Mm -hmm. So she spoke the Alipe as her native language. She spoke French as her business language. Mm -hmm. Well, her father was... Uh, divorced from her mother, so her mother lived in a si different situation. But Bob is in university. Okay. So when I met her, she came to uh, visit her sister in Dandasam, which was south of Abidjan, where she was going to college. Mm -hmm. uh, her, she has two brothers, and her two brothers were living with her mother. So. When I finally started hearing about her mother, they basically, the Alisan Quattro rebels had basically came to her mother's vill village where she lived mm -hmm. and had taken the whole village and then eventually they took her house and she had to walk like 40 miles away. Okay. Okay. So basically, we actually heard gunshots over the mm -hmm. cell phone as they were talking. You could hear the gunshots in the background. Oh, so wow. What they, what they were doing was killing off anybody that was a uh, Bagbo supporter. Okay, and this was a military organization, or a semi-military organization, right? Yeah, it was Quattro's troops. Okay. Quattro's troops came into her village, which was a Bagbo mm -hmm. village, and basically came in and killed anybody that was a, a spokesperson for Bagbo, right? Okay. Now, she was just a 
you know, mm-hmm. or thing. But because they liked their house, they stole their house, mm-hmm. moved in the house, stole all the stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. she never has no house. And with her two sons. And so she's living there with Omar and whatever. Okay. At, that, at that juncture, I flew back to Senegal mm-hmm. so that Ba would leave that area in case mm-hmm. they they came to... I wanted Ba to leave the country mm-hmm. and basically just live in here for two months until, or, or until she was safe, right? Mm-hmm. So she's an outsider. Okay. But what was here is it's almost the same thing as Rwanda. Is they could have they could have went in and just killed everybody, mm-hmm. right? And anybody that was a non-Christian, they could have just killed. Mm-hmm. So it was touch and go to me whether or not they would do this. But, and they did do it in some villages. They just went in and killed anybody that was not on their side, right? Okay, yeah. You know, all this thing is so covered up because the United Nations is afraid to leave Al-Azhan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything... Anything Alassane, and then Alassane's supposed to be the good guy, and he's doing most of the killing. Okay. And that was, he's hiding under the umbrella of being on the good side, right, with the United Nations, right? Mm-hmm. So the United Nations can't suddenly call him a mass murderer because mm-hmm. they would look bad, like, why are you supporting a mass murderer? But mm-hmm. the truth is, eventually I think it'll come out that he basically was. You know, his troops and his troops were basically going in the village, killing 300 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I sit on the phone while she talked to somebody, and the, the girl's looking out the window and could see bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Right. Mm-hmm. So, which is scary to buy. I mean, you know, Africans are not the same as Americans. Americans would panic on anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Africans get on with their life a lot faster than mm-hmm. Americans. Okay, so so what is Ba's family doing now? She's back with them now, right? No, she's still in the... I think at the end of the month, she goes back to the... I, 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 you know... I gave her real strict instructions that she shouldn't go back until she's safe. Okay, now, d- did you feel yourself in danger at all when you were there, when um, hostilities started breaking out? Yeah, I was 100% in danger when I was in Grand Bassam and I flew to Sunday for about... One week, I knew that in another week it was going to explode, mm-hmm. and that's when I took off. And as soon as I left, it broke into complete chaos. Mm-hmm. So I, I got out right before, you know, mm-hmm. that's right, right before the, the United Nations went in and took over the airport. Okay. Which I got in when it was still privately in, right? Mm-hmm. And the United Nations came in. So I, I got out just in time. Mm-hmm. But a week later, you couldn't travel down the road that, that I was traveling. Okay. Because there was a point where the... See, what was slowly happening was all the military went into hiding. Mm-hmm. They were in hiding when I left. A week later, they all went into hiding. Okay. And they couldn't also... They, they basically, the police and everybody got money by taking the little money they get from cars going through. Mm-hmm. And once the other people took all the money and basically mm-hmm. they started killing some of the police. So as soon as they started killing the police, they uh, they all went into hiding, went and changed into their normal clothes, and there was no police. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Which is one week after I left. So mm-hmm. I felt I had to leave. Okay? Mm-hmm. And she said, everybody around me said it was okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, I told her, I said, this is not okay. You're not looking at the, the whole country as dynamically related. You're saying that Grand Bassam is an island of peace and they're a peaceful people. Mm-hmm. Well, when she finally realized that some of her friends were, what happened, it really scared her. She went to her sister's house and somebody came and ta- asked her, her sister's husband, is Andy a spy? Okay. And then that's when she realized that people were talking about me like I was a spy. Mm-hmm. And then she realized that if they killed me, they would also kill her. Okay. That's what really got her to realize that it was dangerous. But I, I knew when I went in it was dangerous. But mm-hmm. okay. I, I thought it was uh, going to be a stalemate. I went in because I thought it would be a stalemate for about a year while the United Nations mm-hmm. sort of held it together. Okay. I didn't think it would break out. I thought it was going to just be one of these stupid Mexican stands off where, where one side was killing a couple people and the other side was killing a couple people and the mm-hmm. other side killed I didn't expect uh, one side to be able to... Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect that Alessandro's troops were killing in such mass numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, wh- while the world press was blaming back both of the killing, it mm-hmm. was really Alessandro and all the killing. Okay, and was it Alassane's troops that uh, thought you were a spy, or who who, who were these people that went to Ba's family and looking well, for you? Well, it it's, it's just tribal bullshit. Okay, you know? okay. Tribal, tribal, you know, mm-hmm. you walk into a tribal village, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden somebody says, he's come here to steal our children. So yeah. Oh, he's come here to steal. And where did this come from? It's just superstitious mm-hmm. bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And being that they were in a... They were all afraid. Superstitions fly easy. Mm-hmm. There is nothing intelligent about war. Mm-hmm. If I learned that thing in Iraq, you know, is what happens is they have a road stop. You, you stop at a road, road, you know, police stop, right? Mm-hmm. And you got five guys with guns sitting there sh- looking at, you know, ten people jumping out of a car, going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the guys, for some reason, you know, drops his cell phone and sounds like a bullet. Boom! Mm-hmm. Everybody gets killed. Oh, I mean, this is the nature of war. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's going to sit there and get killed if they got a gun, right? Mm-hmm. They're just going to kill the people, be, you know, without questions, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the, you know, the situation there. Is that there's nothing intelligent about war. It's, it's just nobody obeys the rules. Right? Mm-hmm. And one misobey, you know, when, if you try to get somebody in Africa to stand in line, mm-hmm. it's just, they don't know what a line is, right? Mm-hmm. So they just basically crowd it. So when they come up to a, a roadblock and, you know, it's just a recipe for murder, right? Yeah. If one person had a gun, you know, they, they don't, to me, if I see violence up ahead, I stop and I walk the other direction. Mm-hmm. They think, let's go see what's happening. Okay. <laughs> okay. And they don't realize that violence, you know, can, can suddenly erupt into a riot. I was in Miami one time when they had, on spring break, a riot broke out. And why did the riot break out? I mean, they, they had like, I don't know, 150 people this spring break. Mm-hmm. What happened was one kid that was drunk threw a rock at a police. Mm-hmm. And boom, the policeman went after these 
kid, right? Mm-hmm. And when they, when 20 policemen went after the kid, all the kids started throwing arms. Oh. Instead of just walking up to the kid and saying, hey, Mm-hmm. 20 policemen went after him. Well, 20 policemen run after 100 kids in the beach. you got to riot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the United States. And this mm-hmm. is no different than the United States. Yeah, yeah. It's just that when the whole complete police force and the military mm-hmm. decides they're going into hiding, who runs the country? Nobody. Mm-hmm. And this is the wonderful thing about Africa. Africa really runs itself without a government. Mm-hmm. It's so peaceful that it runs itself normally without a government. Okay. Oh. And that's what I don't, you know, when they say Africa is dangerous, there's no way. Mm-hmm. It runs itself without a, right here we have government, military, we got we got guards everywhere here in, in the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. We got shot-off shotguns everywhere. Well, we didn't have that in Africa. I've never seen it in Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, you only help the military with the guns, and they're they're all basically getting drunk, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they don't care anything about policing the people. You have speed bumps because you know why mm-hmm. do you have speed? So you yeah. don't need a policeman, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in Africa, while well, here there may be ten police, in Africa there's one police. That's how passive they are. Mm-hmm. They're not an aggressive people, and so this is. But if all of a sudden everybody believed they can go steal their neighbor's stuff, they'd go do it. Mm-hmm. They do it in America. Okay. You know, there's more theft in America than in Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what do you what do you think would be what are, what are the triggers that, that trigger like African nor normal African passiveness and and the abilities for the communities to run themselves without government to riot in? I mean, like in the USA, where there's a strong police presence and strong military presence, when that goes away, people riot. But um, you said in Africa, people normally run themselves. Now, what what are the triggers that would would provoke them to to basically have a riot that happened in uh, like like what happened in Ivory Coast? Well, when when uh, basically the leaders say, "Go do it." <laughs> Alassane okay. told him uh-huh. to, to go do it. Okay. Okay. And they go ahead and did it. You okay. know, so they said, hey, the government mm-hmm. says we should attack the other side. So they did it. They did it, and then the other, other side attacked the you other know, side. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. they basically said, uh, you know, the other side's bad, so whatever mm-hmm. you do, you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like it's like mm-hmm. saying to a bunch of children, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, you can go eat and uh, go steal all the food from the thing. Nobody's going to care." Okay. Yeah. The kids are going to go do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just I mean, the idea was This isn't any more different dynamic than America. And that that's mm-hmm. an irritating thing to me. Is that, you know you get riots and you know mm-hmm. it's much more dangerous to leave stuff out in America. I mean, you in you know in Africa, you, your neighbors don't steal from neighbors. Mm-hmm. They don't steal from anybody because if they steal anything, the whole group will go track them down and noose them up. Mm-hmm. Okay, they just don't tolerate theft in West West Africa. Okay, but I mean Africa's got fifty-two countries. It's not the same as you know mm-hmm. South Africa, which you know it's a big place. Right? Yeah, so yeah. It's bigger than big as India. You know? mm-hmm. Bigger. Okay, but it it's just a normal dynamics of people. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little bit frustrated with the the white population of the world thinking that this is just something the blacks do because it's really kind of racist. I mean, mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. the, the more that, like right now, somehow, I was in Haiti for two months, and I've been here for two months, right? I mean, mm -hmm. for I, I spent two months of my life in Sosua now. Mm -hmm. In the time that I've lived in Sosua, eight people, eight foreigners have been killed. Mm -hmm. I never once heard of anybody getting killed in Haiti. Mm -hmm. But they, they continually act like Haiti is such a dangerous place. Yeah. It's dirty. It's not dangerous. It's dirty and it's black. Uh -huh. It's not dangerous. Okay. But I mean, yeah, you could go do the wrong thing in the wrong area and you can always get choked. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, felt, I, felt a lot safe, I felt a lot safer in Port-au-Prince than I do here. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's... But all of Africa's got this really, it's like the poster child for, you know, basically they're acting like they're transferring the, the, the inner city United States black violence to Africa. They're okay. two different cultures. Mm -hmm. the, inner, the inner city black culture of America is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. the, the black people in Africa are safe. Mm -hmm. they, they never learned how to do this gangbanger crap. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really annoying. Okay. And uh, what's what um the country? It's it's not is is it is it still divided? I mean, is there kind of two different Ivory Coasts, like the Christian Ivory Coast and the Islamic Ivory Coast, or is, is it all still saying pretty much uh, one one country? There's not like divided factors and like a geographical line between the sides no, now. Is no, there no? no. Okay. There used to be, but now what happened is like Alipi, where where Fa's father lived, mm -hmm. about. 20 Islamic troops came into the village and occupied it. Okay. So, yeah. you know, they'll yeah. probably live there for the rest of their lives. Okay. But they'll take over being the prefecture, and they'll be the mm -hmm. mayor, and they'll be the, the judicial control of the country, right? But okay. they'll take over the administrative duties that were taken over by the Christians, right? Okay. So this has now become a completely mixed culture as opposed to separations, right? Okay. But okay. it's, it's, it's basically they've taken over all levels of the government in all areas. Okay. And it used to be divided, right? It used to be like some, some towns were administered by um, Islamic people and the other other towns were administered by Christians? Yeah, so now okay. it's going to be all Islamic. Oh, because okay. The, the countries became Islamic as far as I'm concerned. But the, the sad part on the world press is they, they want to be politically correct and they don't want to talk about whether it's Christian or Islamic. Right? Mm -hmm. It's stupid. They, they don't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just stupid. It's, it's uh -huh. truly a Christian-Islamic war. Mm -hmm. Okay. Politically correct, correct means that you won't say what you really believe, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I will. I don't give a crap. Uh -huh. I, I, I look at it as... You know, the Islamic group right here got out of control. When you see your girlfriend starting to cry mm -hmm. because the Islamic people just stole the windows to her house, to her mother's house, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 she she goes, she's so so angry at them, mm -hmm. okay, because they now. Are punking her out, you know? They're mm -hmm. punking out the Christians. They're looking at it like you're not equal. You're basically going to obey us now. Mm -hmm. The balance, the balance is completely out of whack, mm -hmm. and there is no checks and balances. There's no right now. It's occupied by the religious groups, mm -hmm. and they're walking around like they own the place while the mm -hmm. Christians are all hiding. Yeah, and they 
Okay, one final question. You already kind of answered this, but um, as a traveler who's been to like 88 countries, traveled for like 12, 13 years, where do you see this going? In, in five or 10 years, what do, what do, what do you see? How, how do you see Ivory Coast? It's, it's an Islamic country. So there you have it from Andy Graham from HoboTraveler.com. And that was VagabondJourney.com's first uh, travel and world culture podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. My name is Wade Shepard.